Chapter Four of Making Fate by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four: Perplexities and Decisions. One other home represented in the nutting party had an experience that evening which should be recorded. This was at the Bramlett Farm, which was out about two miles from town mother and daughter were in the sitting-room plying their needles vigorously and wishing occasionally that ralph would come they lived on an unfrequented road and the father who had been expected home from a neighbouring city by the evening train had not come the doorbell interrupted their quiet and made them look nervously at each other and wonder who that could be to hear the sound of their doorbell at that hour of the evening was unusual perhaps it is a tramp said hannah bramlett who lived on her nerves and had been on the lookout for thieves and robbers for the past twenty years however there seemed no alternative but to go to the door hannah led the way her mother following with the lamp on her passage through the hall she seized an umbrella with a vague idea of defending themselves as for hannah she contented herself with saying in nervous tones as she unlocked the door ralph ought to be at home before this it is just like him to stay away half the night and leave us alone then the mother after the fashion of mothers began to make excuses well but hannah you know he expected father to get home on the evening train and then hannah opened the door and received a yellow-covered envelope a dispatch gasped the women at once turning pale with apprehension mrs bramlett set the lamp on a chair and herself on the lowest stair while hannah glancing around to say don't be frightened mother it's likely from father to tell that he missed the train tore open the envelope and read call upon us if possible before twelve o'clock to-morrow morning then she interrupted it's for ralph from those folks in new york where he is trying to get a chance in their office you know he can't get to them before twelve o'clock to-morrow unless he comes in time for to-night's train and i don't believe he will it will be just like him to stay out at schuyler's all night that silly crowd he has with him would rather stay than not it will serve him right if he does here he has been waiting for a year nearly for a chance to get in at this office there wasn't any sense in his getting up a nutting frolic when father was away and there were so many things to see to i don't understand why a man twenty-two years old has to act like a boy of nineteen ralph hasn't any more sense than he had four years ago the two women went back to the sitting-room where they alternately sewed and read the telegram studying each word carefully as though it could offer some suggestions concerning the possibility or rather the impossibility of getting word to ralph before it should be too late for the train if he doesn't come inside of the next hour said hannah at last as the clock struck eleven why he'll just lose his chance that's all and he'll blame us for not getting him word somehow i suppose he always does lay the blame on other folks but i don't see what we could do there is nothing we can do said the mother sorrowfully if you were only a boy hannah you could get on old ben's back and gallop out there but as it is 
if i were a boy interrupted hannah as she flung scissors and thimble into her workbox with a zeal which made them ring i would do a thousand things which i can't do now and if i wasn't different in a good many respects from some boys i know it would be queer but i'm nothing but a girl and there's no use in talking i don't expect ralph to-night and we might as well go to bed first as last great use in father being so careful of the horses as to tell ralph that he needn't come to meet him he could ride out with the carters and then ralph goes off with the horses all day nobody knows how many miles i never did see such works hannah said her mother with a gentle sigh you are twenty-six years old and you think ralph is almost as old as you are but a boy of twenty-two is a good deal younger remember than a girl of even the same age and four years make a great difference i hope they will make a difference in ralph said hannah significantly then mother and daughter went to bed both of them to lie awake and inwardly groan because being women there was nothing they could do to preserve to the son and brother the chance which this telegram might contain even the guests at the schuyler farmhouse wearied at last and permitted themselves to be shown to their various rooms but sleep did not come to all of them even at that late hour notably was this the case with ralph bramlett when he found himself in darkness and comparative solitude with time to think he discovered that his thoughts were anything but agreeable companions why had he been such a bear to marjorie why had he allowed the teasing words of estelle douglas to have such an influence over him what in the world did he care what she thought about him there were his own father and mother who would to say the least think it very strange in him to stay out all night with no better excuse for so doing than he had to offer he tossed from side to side to the infinite discomfiture of his bedfellow and went over all the details of the evening with exasperating minuteness he tried to decide whether marjorie would be really vexed with him or at least whether it was a vexation which would last longer than the night he resolved that with the very first streak of dawn he would arouse his party and make all haste to get started homeward no breakfast for him at the schuyler farm that morning and no one knew better than he that he could control the movements of the entire party when he set about it as soon as ever he had marjorie beside him out of hearing of others he would explain to her certain reasons which he had evolved out of his night thoughts why he could not do as she wished he would tell her how very much he would have preferred carrying out her wishes had it been prudent to have done so also he would apologize for the rude way in which he had spoken and assure her that it all grew out of his anxiety to please her and the chagrin he felt that he must disappoint her having gone over every word that he would utter and planned answers to her probable replies and then rearranged the entire conversation for perhaps the dozenth time he turned over his pillow once more resolved to get one nap if possible when he was roused into immediate action by a low tap on his door a moment more and he stood beside it listening to miss schuyler's anxious voice 
oh ralph we don't know what to think and mother said i would better tell you at once marjorie isn't in her room mother said perhaps you would know what ought to be done not in her room repeated ralph in utter bewilderment and consternation why where on earth is she then that is what we don't know she hasn't been there to-night i mean she hasn't been to bed the bed is just as i left it not a thing disturbed and there were no traces in the room of marjorie having been there you see the way we found it out continued miss schuyler as ralph having thrown on his outer garments with all speed opened wide the door sister effie is ill and mother needed a bottle of medicine which was in the corner closet in the hall room she called to me and told me to go in very quietly and get it i went on tiptoe so as not to disturb marjorie and you can imagine the start it gave me to discover that she was not there at all ralph what do you think can have become of her i've been in every girl's room since thinking that she might have felt lonely and have gone to stay with some of them but none of them have seen her since she left the parlor last evening do you suppose it possible that she may have started for home on foot and all alone she was so anxious to go you know she told me that she had never left her mother alone before and that she had as good as promised her dead father that she never would i felt very sorry for her but i did not imagine that she would do any desperate thing ralph bramlett had no answering word to speak he strode back into his room added the finishing touches to his toilet with a speed that would have amazed his sister hannah and in a very few minutes more was following jim the half-asleep and much aggrieved schuyler coachman to the stables never were horses harnessed in more frantic haste never was ralph bramwell less considerate of the ladies who gathered about him like bees the entire nutting party was out eager to give advice or ask questions you should have thought of that before he said grimly to estelle douglas when she suggested that she and her sister ride with him adding that she was afraid father would be kept awake all night worrying about them the time to have thought of him was at ten o'clock last night he said severely it was a very foolish proceeding to stay here all night there hasn't been a pleasanter night for riding this fall i am not going to take any one with me you can all wait here until i come back i can get on faster alone saying which he sprang into the large empty wagon rattled over the paved driveway down the street and was lost in the darkness the girls looked after him in shivering silence the moon had set and it was that gloomy shivery indescribably dreary hour before the dawn of a new day ralph is cross ventured estelle douglas at last he spoke to us as though we were a company of naughty children in need of a whipping there is no use in his being so excited nothing can have happened to marjorie except an extra streak of obstinacy the road is safe enough between here and town and the walking is good oh how cold it is one could imagine it was january instead of november i think we would all better go back to bed and pray that ralph may come for us in a better humor than he was when he left i must say i pity marjorie 
ralph bramlett is a perfect bear when he chooses to be meantime the cause of all this excitement was unconscious enough concerning it it had been no part of her intention to create a sensation in fact she had planned little or nothing concerning the people she left behind she had petitioned for and secured the use of the little hall bedroom because she had felt that it would be utterly impossible for that evening to laugh and talk with those silly girls who had suddenly become distasteful to her when she slipped away to it she was conscious that she was in a perfect tumult of pain and indignation anxiety for her mother was undoubtedly uppermost but there was a wholesome undertone of astonishment and indignation at ralph bramlett was she then of so little consequence to him that the chattering of half a dozen other girls could turn his mind completely away from her wishes two hours before had any one told her that she would petition ralph bramlett for a favour within his power to grant and be denied she would have smiled incredulously and wondered what there could be that she having common sense would ask that he would refuse as far back as her childish recollection reached she had been able to sway ralph bramlett to her moods it was not that he was not positive enough by nature obstinate many people called him she had known others to coax for hours and failed to secure what she could obtain by a word and a smile it had therefore been a revelation to her and by no means a pleasant one to find that on this night when she was not only in serious earnest but very anxious she had suddenly failed she leaned her forehead against the window-pane and looked out on the moonlighted world and grew more angry every moment how easily ralph could have driven home with her if those chattering idiots really persisted in staying and have had plenty of time to rest his horses and take some rest himself before returning for them in the early morning how sure she had felt that he would hail such a proposition with delight was it possible that he actually thought she had gone too far in making it he had reminded her how conspicuous such a proceeding would make them she remembered this with a blush of shame she had occasionally objected to plans of his on that very ground but never before had ralph bramlett been other than delighted at the thought of being made most conspicuously her friend and attendant the more she went over in detail his words and looks the more angry she grew until at last the idea of submitting to his dictation and remaining at the farmhouse all night and riding meekly home by his side in the morning like a naughty child who had tried to have her own way and had failed became utterly hateful to her also the more she thought of her mother spending the long weary hours of that night perhaps quite alone in the house for now that she thought of it possibly not even mr maxwell would be there there had been some talk in the morning about his being absent that night the more impossible it seemed that she could permit such a state of things father would never have done it she said aloud and pitifully he was so tender of mother and he trusted me oh if i could only fly it was at that moment that she remembered that although she could not fly she could walk she was well and strong 
and thought nothing of a walk of several miles for pleasure what was to hinder her starting at once and making the seven miles which lay between her and home before those selfish people downstairs discovered her absence it was as light as day out of doors and she knew every foot of the way perfectly there was really nothing to be afraid of as she considered it the idea grew fascinating what a relief it would be to escape that hateful ride home in the morning beside ralph bramlett and above all things else how many hours of anxiety could she thus save that precious mother she had no faith whatever in the plans for an early start she had heard of plans of this character before she knew how fond at least some of the party were of breakfasts at the schuyler farmhouse it would be ten o'clock perhaps even later before they could reach home she would go at once having settled this momentous question she gave herself no time for reconsideration but slipping quietly into the upper hall selected with nervous fingers her wraps from the heterogeneous mass which had been landed on the sofa in the alcove then having arrayed herself without regard to the mirror she went softly down the heavily carpeted stairs and gliding like an unseen ghost past the parlor doors while the merriment there was still at its height took the precaution to make her way through the deserted dining-room to a side entrance she then crossed the lawn and the meadow next to it and so gained the road by the corner farthest from the parlor windows and began her walk End of chapter four